2: Would
1: you object to never seeing me again? This is not just a couch. It's just our couch! Take the red pill, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. You leave the light on after bedtime. I always thought it would be better to be a fake somebody, a real nobody.
2: Are we gonna air it? Of course not. Not it! it!
1: In the grand tradition of French culture, the Louvre, Notre Dame, and the Eiffel Tower, comes one more shining example of impeccably good taste. The dinner game. He has a great passion for making matchstick recreations of the world's famous monuments. Wow! He was engaged in a mean-spirited contest to locate the world's biggest loser. Okay, okay, okay. What did they have in common? Absolutely. Nothing. From Francis Fabert, writer of such comedy classics as The Tall Blonde Man with One Black Shoe and La Cage aux Folles, comes a picture that has caused an entire country to laugh all the way to both the left and right bank. He thought he had found the perfect contestant. Instead, he nearly lost his wife, his mistress, his best friend, his health, his fortune, and his sanity. If you have an appetite for levity, a craving for lunacy, a hunger for the offbeat, no! if hysterical comedy makes you laugh out loud, split your sides, crack up, then you are cordially invited to celebrate the return of the classic French farce. Allo? No. Allo? Hello. hello.
2: Shh. The dinner game.
1: Comedy is now being served.
2: Okay. So, les dinner des cons, cons de la dinner, Lady Con's Day Dinner something. <laughs> okay. This was originally called
0: uh, I guess the English translation would be uh, Dinner of Fools, but it is uh, known as The Dinner Game. At least that's how I found the dinner it. Dinner Game on uh I can't remember what streaming service. Oh, I used uh Hoopla. Have you ever used Hoopla, Ben?
2: Is Hoopla the one you use that that works with your library mm-hmm. card? Yep. Yeah, I, yep. I haven't used it, but I've I I have, you know, I have the ability to use it. Well. <laughs> Uh, dear
0: listeners, uh, you know, I don't know if it will still be available. Uh, I hope so, but yeah, through, uh, having a library card, I was able to check this one out on my, uh, Apple TV and, uh, I wasn't looking forward to it, Ben, not at all. I <laughs> actually had totally forgotten. This was even on the schedule, um, until you, you mentioned, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm catching up. I've watched, you know, X, Y, and Z films. And so I was like, well, great. Now I've got to get on, get on top of this, uh, this weekend and saw that was the middle one and I was really kicking myself when I loaded it up because uh, all I knew about it was that it was later remade uh, with Steve Grell and Paul Rudd and Dinner for Schmucks uh, I know I've seen it but I have next no memory of it I don't remember being a mm-hmm. huge fan so I you know unless this was something where just the Americans just butchered it Um I thought, ah, I'm not really going to be into this French comedy. And when it started out, uh, I don't know, about the first 10 minutes of it, I actually, well, the first minute of it starts with a, a boomerang gag for one. And I'm like, oh, here we go. This is just, <laughs> this is just a style of humor that I'm just not going to get at all. And uh, as you well know, Ben, I've had a pretty bad stretch uh, summer of 99 as far as comedies. So I was, I was not you looking You sure for have. <laughs> So had you seen this before at all? Because I I had no point of reference with it.
2: I I had not seen this. And like you, I had seen Dinner for Schmucks, you know, nine years ago. But just like you, I have almost no memory of it. And we have talked about Jay Roach uh, on this podcast already with Austin Powers. And ironically, we're going to talk about it. This will be the only podcast. I guarantee you with two Jay Roach movies. Uh you know, yes. So, but I do have that. You know, my reaction was not uh positive and I think so you know me really well. You know, I'm a simple man. Let's not
0: go that far. I mean, you know, we're just coming off our uh, Arlington Road conversation, so I don't I don't know if I'm I'm on some sort of registry or we've been flagged together now. Uh, but yeah, so I, I will keep my distance from you. But uh, you have liked certainly more comedies than I have on this podcast.
2: Yeah, and this is not one of them. And <laughs> so I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna my my reaction to it was largely similar to my reaction to to the remake, which I did not expect. I I was really looking forward to this because I assumed I assumed that it was a case of the you know American remake just kind of losing a lot of the you know, genuineness and, uh, the soft humor of the original, but so, okay. Chief criticism, chief criticism is a very basic thing for me. You, you know, you check in for a movie called the dinner game, you know, you're thinking <laughs> there's going to, you're going to have a scene that's going to be the dinner game. Uh, but they never have that. And, and that was one Jeez, of my criticisms ben. of the remake. Some
0: spoilers. We, we, you <laughs> know, we did 15 minutes for Arlington Road, but you just let the cat out of the bag for this I, one.
2: I, I mean, it's not like a twist. It's not a twist <laughs> or anything. They just, like, I'm looking at the time watching it, and I'm like, there's 10 <laughs> minutes left. I, I, don't, I don't know if we're going to get to the dinner game. Um, but that was what I remember, what, what I little I remember of the Paul Rudd, Steve Carell version was that it took them so? And I do think in that movie they eventually get to the actual dinner. They did. But it took yes. them so long, uh, you know. Even in that film, and it's just like, I like, get on with it. We get it. He he's an idiot, and he's gonna you know score points with his elitist buddies uh, by having him there. And and I think both movies suffer uh, from from that. And I and I know this is based on a play, uh, but but I I have trouble seeing how this would play on stage. I, I think I'd be even more restless uh, uh, with it. And, you know, I think the, I forget the name of the character, but the, you know, the main idiot in, in this, do you know the name of the character? I don't have Wikipedia up in front of me.
0: Uh, actually, yeah. I mean, same as you. I just thought of him as a uh, idiot. The Is main it, idiot. Uh, France- Francois?
2: Sounds right. The uh it's a French name. We're close. Pierre um, is the other one. So,
0: so I mean <laughs> pretty typical, you know, French. I, I, pretty names tif- here. I
2: know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, I just think it I just think it comes off okay, he he has a few choice moments that I think are funny that I think he Hold earns. On Ben. he's got and... a great
0: face. He has got a great idiot face. Like I I I'm I'm surprised about this because I I really like this. Like the whole time, and I, I don't think it bothered me at all that they don't actually make it to uh, the game. Even though I had the same exact reaction as you, as far as looking at the time, because I was like, <laughs> "It's like, geez, I think mine was like seven minutes left." And I was like, "Good God, this is, it's not going to happen." Like they've really they've they've run out the string. Um, but I, I think the biggest difference and the thing that I like more is that I just like the idiot a lot more than Steve Carell here, because I, I think. <laughs> From what I remember in the American version, you know, Steve Carell is likable, but I think he's I think he's far more of a genuinely dumb person. And I I this guy, you know, he lets way too many phone calls get away from him, but I don't know if he's like truly a stupid person. I just think he's just kind of awkward and nerdy. That's that's I think that's the biggest thing I like about it. He's not he does have you know a couple of marbles rolling around in his head because there there are definitely some times where he plots against the uh you know the wise ass here the smart guy. And I, I like that about the movie. Plus he's he he does he just genuinely has like a a a character actor's face.
2: You know so okay I've given him some praise. I mean he's probably the best thing about the movie. <laughs> uh I but I I don't think the script's good enough. Um you know it just it the the and I and I I I think. I think largely I'm just not into this. I'm not into the direction that this premise took in in both films in that it's just scene after scene after scene of Pierre very dumbly and for, for no good reason uh, relying on Francois to do something that is beyond his means. And, and then we all just laugh at how, idiotically uh, Francois does it and it just comes off as too mean-spirited to me and this Mm. whole this whole thing with the matchsticks that he builds these you know things uh, these these, you know architectural models uh, you know out of matchsticks of like the Golden Gate Bridge and uh, you know whatever else you know like it it doesn't jump out to me as something like, supremely stupid to do. Like, it's not like he's, I agree. It's not yeah. like he's like broke and like doing this. He's doing it in his spare time. And, uh, you know, I like, you know, let him have his cool. He, he, I, I, you know, I think he'd, I think he'd, you know, he'd trend pretty well today with those little match chick uh, well, yeah. homes and everything. He,
0: he would have a, a good uh, <laughs> Tumblr or Instagram account. Yeah. 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 He would be a popular dude. And, you know, someone like uh, Wes Anderson would uh, think he's some sort of like modern genius. Um, I think it's interesting you <laughs> see you you don't like the because you find it too mean spirited uh I find it to be perfectly mean spirited in that this asshole uh has everything, and you know they've concocted this little game where they just have it's like they have to do just one more victory lap so he's i mean uh watching it with my wife and she was the first one to like I just sort of like, I guess guffaw really would be the sound that she made when, you know, the backdrop out his window is the Eiffel Tower. (laughs) Like, you know, it's just (laughs) like this guy, like, I mean, he could not have more, but he's asking for one more thing is to demean another human being. So the fact that he throws his back out and just can't get rid of, you know, he can't get rid of the boogeyman here, which the boogeyman happens to be his uh, requested idiot for the night. Uh, who is doing nothing but trying to, I, as I said, I think he's trying to weasel in. Like, I think this guy sees an opportunity, you know, for a, a strange hobby, but he's like, okay, this, he's, uh, he's in the publishing world. I'm going to take advantage of him. And I think that's what I liked quite a bit more about it than the Steve Carell one, was I did feel genuinely that, uh, this guy was somewhat reveling and, and how much pain he was putting this guy who was, you know, in this this sort of strange skewed farce like his abuser in a way so i didn't have any issue with it being mean spirited at all this guy deserves every bit of this every bit of it now maybe the uh inviting over like this tax auditor oh, maybe God. a bridge too far um for me it was the the film does its own little strange victory lap where uh the rich guy's wife leaves him of course, the idiot screws that up when she does try to come back home after they've had an argument, and he, uh, you know, he mistakes her for the mistress and makes it so much worse by, you know, uh, outing the rich guy, uh, outing him for things I don't think he even did. Um, but in the the <laughs> yet another game of like phone tag, they call the man that uh, once dated her, that the rich guy stole her from uh who then becomes a part of it i i thought that was a bit of a leap that he just rushes yeah. over to help help this guy <laughs> but mainly he's there just to point and laugh like it's like the audience is not reveling in this man's pain enough that they have to introduce a character to point and laugh at all the things the idiot is doing to him that was that was the point where i was like okay this is this is getting to be a bit much but the rest of it i i found Pretty entertaining. I was I was into this. I, did, I I totally forgot about the actual game aspect. Ben didn't need it. Didn't have to have it.
2: You've outlined a lot of my problems with it uh, in regards that was to not the, my intent, the obstacles sir. that <laughs> they face. And so yeah, like he calls up who I believe is his his wife's first husband, and you, you know plays and around his with him. Best friend. Yeah, his former best friend, and plays around with him in regards to this uh, movie deal. Or whatever, uh, which isn't convincing at all. Uh, no one would ever believe that. No,
0: one. <laughs> <laughs> which, and, and to be fair, he doesn't really like he. He
2: believes it for long enough, and and, and that's the thing I don't get. And I don't get I don't get that he like just jumps right up uh, to come to uh, to um, Pierre's aid. Uh, I don't understand that. Uh, he, the movie doesn't exploit. Uh, Like if if their purpose was to have the comedy play off of Pierre as being a dick, they just don't exploit that enough for, for it to be for it to be funny to me. It, it's just see if for me it's just scene after scene after scene of us landing on pierre and having an awkward silence of oh look how big of an idiot francois is even though he's being pushed into these <laughs> stupid situations that no why 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 is pierre why, like like there's this moment where he asks himself oh i could call my uh my first wife oh no she'll talk to me for too long uh you, you know, I have to have uh, Francois do it, and it's like, well, that's real. That's a real idiot plot, right there. Like, I mean, it, I thought it, you were
0: going to go with the uh, the vinegar into the wine. Yeah, bit, Which goes on for about five or six minutes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I I don't get that. I don't really get that at all. I I this whole the 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 fact that the the most outrageous thing they can think of would be, oh, they're going to have the tax man come by, and he might see. <laughs> Uh, you know, Pierre's lavish things that he didn't, you know, write off, that he wrote off or whatever, or they didn't declare. Whoa, just like stop the presses. And, I, and it's like, how is this guy to know? Like, like he just has this encyclopedic knowledge uh, of, you know, every of all these millions of people in Paris uh, and what they've declared on the taxes and what they haven't. Uh, you know, if they had just left everything up, they would have been fine. It, it's so.
0: There's definitely an element of uh, class warfare here that I was down for i was <laughs> i was i was all about uh you know taking this guy down a few notches. I just don't um, think they
2: succeeded that i don't think they i would well, have been down for, for that too i just don't that's not the impression that uh that I get from the end of it
0: well you you talked about that uh it's it's this piling on aspect of it um which i I'm trying to remember i feel like there was there was way more emphasis on gags with the other one, like the um, okay, so like the uh, the ex girlfriend or the mistress uh, here that like is invited over. Uh, I will admit that that plays that just kind of plays sad mm-hmm. <laughs> for, for, for all parties involved. Um, yeah, I, I understand her use as a device to make the wife upset when there's some confusion, thinking that's the mistress. Uh, and I, as memory serves, I think the. American remake went far more broad uh, with, with that one uh, where she was, you know and maybe that's that's mean in a different way where it was a character where you were sort of okay with her uh, you know, being being laughed at in a way because she was already like, I, I'm trying to I felt like she was very domineering in the American version uh, and so she was like a physical threat to the, the Paul Rudd character, the rich guy. Here I mean, she just kind of shows up and <laughs> is just sort of made to feel um, uh, like no, no, there's absolutely no way in the world we would want you here. Like it was only this idiot. The idiot's the only reason you're here. Uh, I want you gone. She just sort of stands there and takes it. Um, so that was maybe a little poor form, but you know, that's I'm I'm fine with the collateral damage here, Ben. I I will accept it just to it just, <laughs> to see this guy in pain for it just, ninety it's, minutes.
2: It's just that neither version played funny for me, and that's and that's sort of like you know the, that's the main thing, and and it's hard. So so this guy, the writer director here. He wrote the screenplay to the original uh, *Le Cage a Faux*, uh, the *Birdcage*, and and that's a good film. That's a very funny film. Um, but I, 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 you know, I, I look at the other, the rest of his output, and and I imagine it all just doesn't, just doesn't reach that high. <laughs> and and that's the way I felt. That's the way I felt here. And, you know, like he's made <laughs> a lot a of
0: mean thing to say, Ben, that you just imagine <laughs> that none of It's very good.
2: Well, well, there I mean, there's just uh, stuff after stuff after stuff that that gets remade in the U.S. and then isn't isn't a, isn't as good. And, you know, great. Yeah. Granted, I haven't seen these films, you know, and I even I barely remember the American remakes of them. But maybe the problem is story. Wise, you know maybe this guy has been like riding off the success of uh that 1970s uh birdcage you know his whole life uh and
0: (laughs) well here's the uh i as i I say at the top i didn't know anything about this uh other than other than the uh american remake um but it appears this got favorable reviews Mm -hmm. upon release um But, you know, admittedly, the only reason it's on this list is because, uh, you know, it is a way for us to sort of, you know, broaden out to expand the palette a little bit. And also that there was the American remake. Uh, But I don't I don't remember *Denver schmucks. Even when it came out, people like (laughs) in their view saying, well, this doesn't hold a candle to the original. Like (laughs) when we were talking about Arlington Road on the last episode saying like, uh, you know, does this still hold water with people? Um, I don't think this is seen like as some sort of. Uh, you know, international classic that uh, no. Americans shouldn't have touched.
2: No, I don't think so. I just, uh, you know, I, I, I was looking forward to this. I actually really was. Uh, you know, and so I, I, I was surprised. To me, I was surprised how how much it fell flat, and and I just, I wish the humor had been sharper, particularly in terms of how these characters are drawn, and and I also, if they were gonna do it as you know these people are locked in pierre's you know luxury apartment or whatever and and they can't leave and all that like um you know that why have all these characters just pop in um you know uh, in a weird way uh, like that 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 takes me out of it um i i don't buy the friend uh the the, the former best friend coming over at that point uh i i don't buy pierre continuing to rely on Francois to do things um, when, when, you know, Look, when he's not. He knows that, that that's what doesn't that's what I don't. That's what so that's what that's what doesn't work about it for me. So he, he, he gets Francois over because he wants to impress his elite prick friends at the dinner game, but they never get to that place. And so he's just continuing to rely on Francois for no good reason at all. Just because the premise of the movie necessitates it, and mm, that I mean, that's a little bit me. of
0: that for sure. But I also think that uh, yeah, this feels incredibly silly uh, coming off Arlington Road. But I guess spoiler alert, in case you have a, a library card and you'd like to stream this immediately upon <laughs> hearing this this podcast uh, on Hoopla, um, I think it. You know, I think the ending works right because I do think that the only sort of the puncher's chance that he has with his a strange wife is uh this this very genuine uh speech by this this beaten down man the you know the idiot um you know who who uh, you know he 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 does everything right in that moment <laughs> except for answering the phone again when she calls back and i i I buy into it just in the sense that I don't think that this guy can be genuine or he he can't come across as genuine even if he is so he in that at least in that instance he does need this guy, uh, to tap into something that maybe he can't tap into, unfortunately, you know, because it's comedy, you know, and, and, uh, also probably even more unfortunate, you know, it ends on a freeze frame as the credits roll. Um, you know, there's gotta be one more, one more gag where he, uh, you know, he answers the phone and, and the idea of, of course, yet again, is caught in a lie trying to lie for this guy who's, um, you know, attempted to screw him over all night.
2: Yeah, that's 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 the thing is that the movie, you know, all these things Francois is doing, they're not even that idiotic. They're they're really like the way most people would behave thrown into a situation like this, you know, like if you're not a practice liar, sort of like George uh, Costanza idiocy and not like remarkable idiocy. If yeah with sense. less rage
0: decidedly yeah l- less anger. and l- less
2: funny <laughs> less funny for me less funny and you know so that's sort of, that's that's what that's what was very surprising to me that that the that this movie didn't connect
0: are you surprised that i enjoyed it as much as i did
2: i am i am because normally normally you're the one who struggles uh i think <laughs> with, with some of this foreign uh humor uh and everything and so you know
0: it worked it, you know this is much better than run the little <laughs> run
2: yeah. So. Okay. It is much better than Run Lola Run.
0: <laughs> All right. I'll take that as a win. Is that is that good enough on the dinner game?
2: I guess so. Should we pretend to quiz each other about uh, Eyes Wide Shut <laughs> coming up on the next episode? <laughs> so this movie is the final director, uh, the final film from uh, you know director, uh, uh, yeah, first name Stanley
0: yeah i i mean i don't know what else you got i mean there <laughs> there there are two tom cruise movies uh in this year but i, I mm-hmm. think we're both uh we're probably you know we know the schedule well enough now and uh obviously we've we've watched this one <laughs> as we're doing a sort of a marathon recording session here so no uh eyes watch up which i think ben tried to preview on the arlington road episode uh is uh coming up next and uh i would guess more people will listen to that one than they did for the dinner game
2: i've got i've got good trivia okay uh what's the password for next week's episode
0: the first password or the the second password for the house
2: you you tell me
0: I seem to have forgotten it, Ben. What is the well, password? Well, it
2: doesn't matter if you have forgotten it or if you never knew it.
0: See, that went far nerdier than no, I thought i No, I'm not, not going to ask you to
2: take off your clothes, so don't worry. So. <laughs> All right.
0: That was good. Good way to bring that home. And if you'd like to continue the conversation with us, feel free to do so on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at 99from99. 99
2: 99.